Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. I'm so grateful that you are joining me this week. Today, we are going to talk about belief. Have you ever stopped to think about your beliefs? Not just your beliefs and your faith, but what do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about your abilities as a wife, as a mom, um, in creating change and reaching your goals? Beliefs are very important, yet it's they're not something that we often reflect on or even have an awareness of to know what they're producing in our lives. When I began my life coaching journey and began to work on my life coaching certificate, my first client was myself. All of the tools that I was learning in life coaching, I began to apply to myself and I would self-coach myself. It was so amazing First of all, to learn how my brain works, to understand that I have all of these thoughts in my brain, but yet I never really stop to take the time to have an awareness of them, to understand where the thoughts came from. Um, And so in life coaching, I was able to understand my thoughts, but then to take it to the next level and begin to explore my beliefs. So today, I'm going to um, talk to you about where beliefs come from, how your beliefs impact your life, and how to make sure that the beliefs you have are leading you in the right direction. They're moving you towards the goal that you're trying to achieve or that your beliefs are helping you create a life that you love. Let's begin with where do beliefs come from? So as a child, as soon as you're able to start um, taking things in, you're starting to experience the world and how you perceive things, you're creating beliefs. Your beliefs come from your parents, from other family members, from interactions with other adults, other children. You take in perceptions from society, um, culture. All of these help to create your belief system. As a young child, your beliefs come from these things. 
You don't have the reasoning. You don't have a filter yet to decide if a belief should be kept, if a belief helps your life, or if a belief harms your life. So as a young child, all of the things happening around you in the world, in your family, at school, these are forming your beliefs. You take in the information and create your own opinions or assumptions about yourself, about your body, about what you're capable of, about your worthiness, and the world around you. Those beliefs you then take into your life. And it wasn't until I started doing the self-coaching that I really had this awareness that I could choose my beliefs, that I was in the driver's seat of deciding what I wanted to believe. And let me just break it down even further. Like the very beginning of a belief is a thought. It's a thought that you have over and over, and it creates a pathway in your brain until it just becomes an automatic thought or a belief. So I'm going to share an example with you. When I was in first grade, and I can remember where I was sitting in the classroom, I can remember that it was after recess, it was warm because the windows were open and it was hot in the classroom. And that was the time of day that we always had math class. That was in first grade, the time of day that we always had math class. I remember struggling in math, having a hard time grasping the concepts that were being taught. And I'll never forget my sweet little teacher walked up to me, patted me on the shoulder and said, don't worry about it, honey. You'll probably never be good at math. All right, I'm 51 years old. That happened when I was six years old, but her words are still as clear today as they were the day that she said them. So from those words, I created the belief, I am not good at math. I can't do math. This is too hard for me. And that belief showed up in my life over the years. Every time I was in a math class that was tricky or seemed to be hard, I always remembered those words from my first grade teacher. You'll never be good at math. And so anytime I came up against something that was difficult, I had this belief, well, I can't do it anyway. So why would I try? And that comment that formed that belief, I never questioned it. I probably never told my parents what she said, but I internalized it. And so every time I took an algebra class or a geometry class, I never took trigonometry. I tried to take the most basic math classes that I could because I had this belief that I was not good at math. And I told myself that over and over again. Can you think of something in your life? Can you think of a comment that maybe an adult said when you were younger that has stayed with you, that has impacted what you believe and impacted your actions? Now, I know that that teacher that day said that with good intentions. She was very sweet. 
She was just simply making a statement, but that statement formed a belief. I believed that I was not good at math. And so a belief begins with a simple thought. Your mind is trying to make sense of what is happening around you. My teacher made that comment, so then my mind was trying to make sense of what she said, and it became a belief. I'm not good at math. And thinking that over and over again every day after recess when we had to have math class, every day I probably thought, I'm not really good at this. She said I would never be good at math. And I carried that from first grade to second grade to fourth grade to eighth grade all the way into college. Even signing up for college classes, I can remember thinking, this class is going to be really hard because I'm not good at math. I never thought to challenge that belief. I never knew that I could challenge that belief. So through self-coaching and earning my life coaching certificate, I finally realized that I was in charge of my beliefs. I get to choose what I want to believe. It may be having a little bit of success, but then gaining it back or, and then most times gaining even more back. And I formed the belief that losing weight is too hard for me. Just like that belief that math was too hard for me, that thought or that belief losing weight was too hard impacted the actions that I took. When I had that belief, losing weight is too hard, that belief led to feelings of discouragement, hopelessness, um, self-doubt. Those are the feelings that came out of that belief. And as I felt those emotions, my actions were to beat myself up, to Um, think about all the times that I had failed in the past, or it sent me always searching for the perfect diet, buying the next diet book or program. It would have me either all in on a diet by restricting my food and, um, you know, taking away all of the foods that I like, thinking that I had to punish myself to lose weight, or I would just be eating like crazy, not you know, I would just be eating my emotions. I would be eating all day long because I felt so crummy. So that belief is so important because if we look at what I call with my clients, the think, feel, do cycle, you have this belief and it creates a feeling. And from that feeling, you take an action. So your beliefs are so important Because they impact your life through your actions. And most of the time, the actions that you take confirm your belief. So when I would try to go on a new diet and have very little success, I was just confirming that belief that losing weight was too hard for myself. So what did I do? As I was self-coaching, I started to explore that belief. I identified that belief, losing weight is too hard for me. Then I really got in touch with my body. How does this belief feel in my body? I asked myself, what was the feeling when I had that belief or that thought? What was the feeling that came up? And like I said, it was hopelessness, despair, 
um, shame, self-loathing. Those were the feelings that would come up. And then I had to take a deep look to see how was I responding to that belief? How was I acting? And that includes the things you do or even the things that you don't do, right? And then from those actions, what is the result that happens in your life? For me, I would overeat. I would just simply quit trying to lose weight, or I was constantly searching for the magic pill, or I was beating myself up. Sometimes I would avoid going out and being around friends or in social situations because I felt so terrible about my weight or the way that I looked. So identifying your beliefs, then looking to see how that belief feels in your body, Then from there, in that feeling, how do you respond? How do you act? And then the next one was, what is the outcome of those actions? But here's what I want to stress with you. When you look at those outcomes, those results that you have in your life, I want you to remember that those outcomes started with a belief, It started with what you believed. When I was in high school in a math class and was struggling, I didn't even try because I had this belief, I'm never going to be good at math. And so I just aimed for the C, thinking if I could get a C, that would be good enough. I never went above and beyond. I never sought out tutoring unless it was preventing me from getting the F. But I never really tried because I had this belief that I would never be good at math. So right now as you're listening to this, can you think of an area in your life where you've had this belief that has limited you? Maybe it's a belief about weight loss. Maybe it's a belief about being a mom or a wife. Can you think of a belief that you've had? And then once you identify it, I want you to stop. And when you have that belief, how does it make you feel? And in that feeling, how do you act? And when you act in that way, What are the results in your life? So just because you have a belief, it doesn't mean that it has to be true. It doesn't mean that you have to keep it. You can certainly get rid of beliefs and you can create new beliefs to replace them. This is one of the things as I start meeting with clients, we identify what they believe about themselves, what they believe about their bodies, what they believe about weight loss, because once we uncover those beliefs, then we can see why they've been acting in a certain way, why they've been, um, why they have the results that they have, and then we can go back and look at those beliefs. Do we want to pluck out that belief and plant a new one. So there are four steps that you can use to creating a new belief. And the first one is to identify an impossible belief. So I want you to choose a belief that you would think that you think would be impossible to change. 
Another impossible belief that I had was I always blow my diet over the weekend. I would be so good during the week, and then I had the belief that it doesn't matter what I do during the week, I always blow my diet over the weekend. And that belief was formed after weeks and years of always blowing it over the weekend. I could give you specific examples. I had all kinds of data to prove that that was true. But in creating a new belief... You simply ask yourself, what if it might be possible to do something different? Once you allow the belief to come to the surface, you ask yourself, what if it could be possible to believe something different? So instead of believing that you always blow your diet on the weekend, what if you chose to believe it might be possible to make healthy choices over the weekend? It might be possible to create a food plan for the weekend. It might be possible to unwind and relax without food. It might be possible to eat and stop it enough. When you question that belief with what if, you are giving your brain a different way to think. Instead of it having tunnel vision, like this is the absolute truth in this belief, you're opening your mind up to see different solutions. It might be possible. That is a bridge that leads you to changing that belief. So the first step is to identify an impossible belief. The second step is to ask what if it might be possible And then the third step is what seemed impossible at first has now become possible. And the second step and the third step go hand in hand because in the second step, what might be possible, you're starting to take action. It might be possible to make healthy choices over the weekend. So instead of totally blowing your diet, maybe you made three or four healthy choices. And then the next weekend, you made five or six healthy choices. And then the next weekend, seven or eight. So it's a gradual process to change beliefs. One of the, It might be possible to create a food plan for the weekend. You might create a food plan for Saturday, but not Sunday. Then the next weekend, you might create it for Friday and Saturday, but not Sunday. And then the next weekend, it might be all three days. Again, it's gradually questioning that belief and replacing it with something else that might be possible. Then in the third step, what seemed impossible at first has now become possible. You think it's possible because you've started doing it. That belief it might be possible to create and follow a food plan for the weekend has become, it's possible because I've done it. Maybe it hasn't been perfect. Maybe it hasn't been 100%. Maybe it's just been 30% of the time. But your brain is now able to see, you know what, it is possible. It is possible to make these changes, to change this belief. And that comes from taking action. You shifted from disbelief to belief 
And that feeling of belief is creating a feeling of being committed on the weekends or being motivated to create the food plan. All right. So the first step is identify an impossible belief. The second one is what if it might be possible? The third is what seemed impossible at first has now become possible. And then the fourth one is that with that new belief, you've created a new identity. That new belief has created a new identity. For example, I am someone who follows my food plan, even on the weekend. You've gone from being someone who believed they couldn't follow their food plan or a healthy eating plan on the weekend to someone who follows their food plan even on the weekend, seven days a week. All right? So what changed is the impossible belief was slowly replaced with a new belief. That's the key. It doesn't happen overnight. Most beliefs, especially when I look back at that belief I had about not being very good in math, it started in first grade and it's still a belief that comes up for me today. It's still a belief that I have to question. So impossible beliefs are slowly replaced with a new belief. When you make that shift with it might be possible, that shift creates new feelings which will lead to taking new actions. Not only will the process be slow, but it might include failures or even falling back into old habits. The more action you take, the more you begin to believe that the impossible is actually possible. And then over time, the new possible belief becomes stronger and it is the foundation for your new identity then that new identity that comes from those actions is your pathway to reaching your goals and dreams. All right, so the four steps are identify the impossible belief, ask yourself if it might be possible. Then the third step is you're taking the actions and it is possible. And the fourth one is I am a person who you've created that new identity. If there is an area in your life that you want to change, I encourage you to go through this four-step process to reflect on what you believe, what you believe about yourself and your abilities, how those beliefs make you feel, and when you feel that way, how do you act? How do you respond What are the things that you do in your life? And that will show you the results that you have. And I also want to encourage you that in order to change a belief, no matter how long you've had that belief, no matter how much data or proof or evidence that you have that that belief is true, you're going to begin by asking yourself, what if it is possible to believe something different? What if there is a better belief for my life? And then allow your brain time to process this. Allow your mind to seek out other possibilities. And like I said earlier, 
Changing a belief is not going to happen quickly. It's not always going to be easy. It's going to include trials and failures until you form that new belief, that belief that is more aligned with who you are and where you want to go in your life. As we wrap up, I want to encourage you to explore your beliefs, to reflect on the beliefs that you have in your life about yourself, about your family, your marriage, even your faith life. I challenge you to explore those beliefs to see if they are aligned with who you are and who you want to be, or are they beliefs that limit you, that hold you back from being the person God has called you to be? All right. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all of the opportunities that you have given us. And Lord, we ask that every action we take, every word we speak is a reflection of you, and that we can show up and be your hands and your feet and your voice in this world. Let us give you glory through everything that we do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you again next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is music by Sean, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.
For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.